So we're in, in we're back in James chapter five. Um, I want to take just a little closer look at uh, verse eleven and twelve, and then hopefully we'll get into the rest of the of this chapter. But uh, probably, to be honest with you, probably not. Um, I think that James five eleven has got a, a bit to say to us as we explore that. And uh, if we read that again, it says, as, as you know, we consider blessed those who have perse persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen the Lord finally, uh, what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is uh, full of compassion and mercy. And he says, above all brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or earth or anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. All right, we'll take a look at that a little bit. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've, I've noticed, and I'm pretty sure some of you have noticed as well, is that um, here's the truth that often we fail to appreciate when we first come to Christ, is that the nature of trials and in the life of a righteous person is that God allows them, and he does so to, allow, to test us in order to prove our faith. Just like a, uh, you, you take a, a, a lump of ore into the assay office, they test it to see how much of the precious metal is there versus how much is, uh, is dross, right? Um, we look at Job, and man, I tell you, Job went through a lot. Not only did he lose a lot of things physically, but mentally, think of the anguish that he went through. Not only does he lose his, his family, not only does he lose, lose his wealth, but his friends are not a help to him at all. If anything, they're more of a distraction and, and more of a, a, a burden to him. His wife, pretty much the same way. We won't go too far down that path, by the way. Um, but I'm reminded of, of Hebrews uh, chapter 12, where it says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons, for what son is not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined, and everyone goes through discipline, by the way, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have, uh, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I don't think any of us wants to boast about the stuff we've gone through, but I think that it's important we realize that God wants us to go through it to help bring about our Maturity, which is what we've studied when we first started in James chapter one. How do you become mature? By going through the trials and tests that we go through. Uh, at the end of this, uh, God says that he'll take care of us. Um, I'm trying to think where my notes are. And I can't, oh, here, in my Bible. That would help, wouldn't it? Um, I have a note here that uh, blessings come in the midst of in the midst of persecute, in the midst of trials at times, blessings come. And after enduring trials, God will uh, also bring about blessings. And I have another note that just says this simply, God never wastes suffering on his saints. 
He never wastes it. There's always a purpose for what he has in mind for why he does it. Um, I have um, I have read a number of people uh, that have written about this, and it is kind of a tough time sometimes when we read it, uh, especially when we ask God why. And it seems that sometimes uh, it doesn't appear that um, God is all that merciful if he allows us to suffer. You know, um, what, I'm, what I'm sure of is this, that the mysteries of God's working uh, are something that our finite minds cannot fathom. We can't understand it. But we do know this, that God is, is the purpose that God goes, puts us through these things is to bring about his glorification, one, and two, our purification. Now, I don't mind so much the glorification of God. I sometimes have a problem personally with the purification process that we get to go through. That's not a thing that I'm real, real happy with, but it's one that we have to learn to endure because as we learn to endure, God is testing us and training us and maturing us. Um, Job says that in the midst of what he's going through in Job chapter 23, verse 10, he says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Uh, I love the passage out of 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where it says no temptation or test or trial has seized you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond which you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out that you can stand up under it. Look at the fact that God says that he knows exactly when you've had enough. The problem is too often, you know, if we're in the boxing ring, we want our, you know, the guy in the corner to throw in the towel a lot sooner than what we should. Uh, sometimes we're ready to call uncle long before we need to. Um, and here's the thing. God wants us to get impatient. I'm sorry. I, let me put this back. I switched that around. Satan wants us to become impatient with God. Satan wants us to become impatient with God because when we're impatient with God, it's an incredibly powerful weapon that, that the devil can use for us and use against us. Think about this. Moses' impatience robbed him of a trip to the Holy Land. Didn't get in there. Got to see it from afar on top of a mountain, but he didn't get there. Abraham's impatience led to the birth of Ishmael who became a great enemy of the nation of, of Israel and to this day still plagues Israel because of Abraham's impatience. Uh, Peter was impatient in the garden with a sword and almost became a murderer. Fortunately, Jesus was able to put that ear back on. You know, it kind of says, sounds to me like maybe Jesus was the first uh, plastic surgeon able to put the ear back. Just a thought. I don't know. Okay. So uh, when Satan attacks us, it's easy for us to get impatient. It's easy for us to want to run ahead of God. It's easy as a result of that to lose God's blessing. Be patient. The answer is simply this. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, my grace is sufficient for you. Remember, that's the passage that Paul is, is dealing with the thorn in the flesh, the, the, the messenger of, of Satan, if you will. It's what he calls it at one point. 
and and God said he he prays to God three times. What what do we know about three? Three is a number that means what? God. Completion. You know, completion would be the number of, of seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So God is so God says, no, it's okay. I don't want you to to get rid of this thorn in the flesh. I want you to have to endure it because through that, you're going to find that in your weakness, you'll find strength, but your strength will not come from your own self, but from God. Too often I try to do, I always fail. Every time I've tried to do something in my own strength, I've always failed. Every time I've tried to leave it in God's hands, it seems like it works out a whole lot better. You think maybe we should learn from that? Think I should learn from it? Why is it that I, I I remember it and then I forget? I think we're drawn to the word punishment sometime. Okay. It's like a, a, a self-inflicted wound when mm. we when we believe that we've been punished by God for something. And yeah. between re reading what happened to Job, it was a God in charge of what was happening to Job. According to my translation, the end intended by the Lord towards his life. Yeah, it God was had for, a plan, and he allowed yeah. Job to go through it, didn't he? Yeah. Did Job ever figure out this side of heaven? He had a full life. He had a full <laughs> life, yeah. He says, I got some questions for you, God. And God says, wait a second, just time out. We'll get to yours Maybe in the maybe in eternity, but in the meantime, I got some questions for you, Joe. You know, you got some explaining to do. I think we, as we kind of come towards the end of this time frame, one of the things that I, I look at out of here is that James seems to concentrate on two major things. One is the is the importance of patience, because it allows for us to grow in the midst of the trials that we go through. And the second one is we should not judge others, even if they are the source of the difficulties that we face. Now, I will admit there have been a few times that I've prayed for God to deal with issues of those who have judged me. But um, that's a whole nother story, right? So what's this about patience? I, I ran across, I ran across a number of, of uh, passages from various writers. Um, some of you have heard me uh, talk about John of the Cross. Um, he was, uh, uh, a, he became a, a monk, uh, a Carmelite monk. And um, uh, Teresa Avila uh, placed him in charge of that order uh, in uh, 1564. He wrote a, a, a book that I have found some, a certain amount of solace, uh, sol, um, uh, great help in understanding, uh, because he wrote a, a book called The Dark Night of the Soul. Um, I'll just read you a couple of, uh, just a, a small passage out of it. Into this dark night, souls begin to enter when God draws them forth from the state of beginners, which is the state of, of those that mediate on the spiritual road and begins uh, to set them in state of progressives, which is that those who are already contemplatives, these are all, remember, these are all terms that come from a, a monk's attitude and concepts, 
to the end that we may better understand and explain what night is to, um, what night is through the which the soul passes for what causes God sets it uh, therein. It will be well here to touch first upon certain characteristics of a beginner. Uh, it must be known then that the soul, after it is de definitely converted to the service of God, is as a rule spiritually nurtured and caressed by God even as a tender child by its loving mother who warms it with the heart of her bosom and nourishes it with sweet milk and soft and pleasant food and carries it and caresses it in her arms. But as the child grows bigger, the mother gradually ceases to caress it and hides her tender love and puts bitter aloes upon her sweet breasts, sets down the child from her arms and makes it walk upon its feet so it may lose the habits of a child and betake itself to uh, more important and substantial occupations. The loving mother is like the grace of God, for so as soon as the soul is regenerated by its new warmth and fervor for the service of God, it will be seen how many blessings the dark night of which we shall afterward, uh, afterwards treat brings it with it since it cleanses the soul and purifies it from these imperfections. That's a big mouthful, basically saying this, it's time to grow up. And in the midst of growing up, you don't have it, you don't allow a child to be, a, to continue to be a child all the time. We've talked about this when we talk about my grandchild, you know, when she was a baby, she couldn't walk. When she, and when she started to walk, she fell down an awful lot. But it didn't stop her, she got back up. What would happen if she just stayed, stayed on the ground and never walked? What if she never learned to feed herself? Or hopefully eventually be able to put her own clothes on or be potty trained or any of the other things that goes through life. And, and it's, that's true in our spiritual walk as well. Um, uh, Theophane, uh, the recluse, don't you love these names? He wrote a passage that talked about this. He says, it must be realized that the true sign of spiritual endeavor and the price of success in it is suffering. One who proceeds without suffering will bear no fruit. Every struggle in the soul's training, whether physical or mental, that is not accompanied by suffering, that does not require the utmost effort, will bear no fruit. Many people have worked and continue to work without pain because of its absence. They are strangers to purity. Interesting how some of these old timers have really come up with some very interesting things. I will pass on some of the others. Uh, uh, here's one from Thomas Akempis. A uh, he wrote a book called The Imitation of Christ. And he says this in there and just a part of it. He says, and yet temptations can be useful to us, even though they seem to cause us nothing but pain. They are useful because they can make us humble. They can cleanse us. They can teach us. All of the saints pass through times of temptations and tribulations, and they use them to make progress in the spiritual life. No one is completely free of temptations because the source of temptations is in ourselves. We cannot win this battle by running away alone. The key to victory is true humility and patience. In them, we overcome the enemy. 
All right. I, I, I loved um, Malcolm Mudridge, uh, Mudridge said this. He says, uh, when it came to the, the issue of spiritual warfare, he says, I ran away and stayed away. Mother Teresa moved in and stayed. And that was the difference. She's a nun, rather slightly built with a few rupees in her pocket, not particularly clever or particularly gifted in the arts of persuasion, just with this Christian love shining about her in her heart and on her lips, just prepared to follow her Lord and in accordance with his instruction, regard every derelict left to die on the streets as him to hear the cry of every abandoned child, even the tiny squeak of discarded fetus, the cry of the Bethlehem child, to recognize in every leper's stumps and hands, which once touched the hands and made them calm, brought back health to sick flesh and twisted limbs. As for my expiation on Bengal's wretched social conditions, I regret to say that I doubt whether in any divine accounting, they will equal one quizzical half smile bestowed by Mother Teresa on a street urchin who happened to catch her eye. Wow. Wow. He goes on to say, we need to not judge. I'm really good at wanting to judge others. So often I want to take the place of, of God. We've talked about this and I've shared with you some of the, I've given you handouts on this. In the midst of this, we must be patient and refrain from condemnation of those who judge us. For each is a necessary ingredient to the spiritual journey that God calls us to. And to condemn is to sink to the level of those who are perpetuating the law, wrongs against us and against God. To endure with patience is to set one's feet on the path of spiritual maturity. Don't you wish it wasn't the case? Don't you wish? We're told to not to grumble against each other. We've talked about the, that, that term grumbling. But James talks about this, about the fact that we told to let our yay be yay and our nay be nay. Don't be swearing. If you're going to swear, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. The problem was in, in, the, in the ancient world, in the, in, in the Jewish concept of this, they wouldn't take God's name in vain and they wouldn't swear by God, but they'd swear by other things that, that basically meant the same. They won't swear by the temple. They'll swear by the gold on the temple as though there's a difference. They, they wouldn't swear by God's name, but they'd swear by heaven where God happened to abide by their theology. Basically just says, just say yes. Isn't it interesting that he's almost paraphrasing uh, another guy that we've studied upon occasion, uh, like Matthew chapter 5, verses 32 through 37, which, by the way, is the Sermon on the Mount. He says, again, you've heard what uh, is said to people long ago. Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, because it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even uh, make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. By the way, that's a quote from Jesus, in case you're wondering. It's out of a, a different translation than what we're used to. So what do you think? 
Yeah, I know. I don't either. I don't like to deal with that. I just soon flee from that passage too. We'll pick it up in chapter uh, 5, verse 13. Is any of one of you troubled? You should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the, uh, offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may uh, be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Okay. So what are we supposed to do instead of grumbling about our situation or about taking oaths? What are we to do? Pray. What's the last thing we usually do when we're in the midst of trouble? Pray. Pray. Why, why do I do that? Why is it that it's the last thing I resort to instead of the first thing? You, you mentioned that you talk about people in the Eastern cultures. I wonder if they do the same thing. I think, we're raised a, I think we're raised a certain way, and that's why we do it. Self-sufficiency, right? You know, I think the last thing we give is thanks. We're in trouble. Yeah, I never want to thank God for what I'm going through. <laughs> but we're supposed to, right? We're supposed yeah, to. That, he's, yeah. in, he's improving yeah. us, yeah. Yeah, Thessalonians is in all things give thanks. But, and pray always. Yeah. Uh, Philippians is in all things give thanks. Wow. And, I don't want to do that. And sometimes people share their troubles and people spread their troubles. <laughs> and, that, and that's not and that's not good because people find out what's troubling you. And I think people sometimes get more converted, you know, more in in, in introspective when they do that. I think those are uh winemakers <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. George I love that some people share troubles and other people spread it yeah. takes you, it takes us back to the beginning of James where count of pure joy yeah count of pure joy thank God for what you're going through that, that's a that's hard to do in the midst of it isn't it I wish I could say that I had a whole list of examples that I've done that, you know, and, and show you my list of all the times I did it right. But my list of how I did it wrong is much longer than my list of how I did it right. I can only think of one or two examples that I actually did it right. I don't know why that is. Apparently, I don't do it. I don't do it right very often. Or they weren't very significant. <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid, afraid to say that. Yeah, or, me too. Or, or in those two occasions, God actually taught me something. You had the faith <laughs> to have the, his joy. Yeah. So take those two examples as places you you did move forward in that area. That one time. At least yeah, one, one time. Yep. Yeah, I can at least count for one time. One, once you said, you know, I was joyful in this one time. The other yeah. times I'm not so good about it. <laughs> yeah unfortunately that's that's unfortunately very true for me very true for me i like this concept here of when you're in trouble 
Um, a better translation is uh, suffering. We're in the midst of suffering. Um, it's a root word that's also used in verse uh, in verse ten, um, where it talks about if any of you are are, are suffering. I don't know why the translators translated it trouble. It's it's an interesting take. Do you think because uh, trouble means more significant than uh, suffering? I'm suffering? War is me, you know that kind of. I think some people suffer not really. If they are put to the test, they actually do pretty well. Do you know what I mean? Like if somebody somebody thinks they're suffering and they're not, they get put in a spot where they have to stand up and, and fend for themselves, they actually turn out pretty well. And so maybe the suffering was more in their mindset, not in actual. But the, the suffering here probably has to do with persecution mm -hmm. because then it goes, is any, anyone among you sick? It's a different kind of suffering. Yeah, I, I think people take it out of context, like you're saying. I mean, the context for this one is perfect, but Maybe when people say oh, I'm suffering, they aren't really <laughs> recognizing that they're suffering. They're just, they're suffering. It's not because they're uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of in that direction. Well, the apostles, the apostles suffered and they left the, the temple uh, praising God. Rejoicing. Yeah. Rejo in Acts, they left the temple rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. Right. Oh man, you know, sometimes the, I think part of the problem sometimes is we our suffering is 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 self-inflicted. Right. Too often I'm not sure that I'm suffering for Christ. I'm suffering because of my own stupidity. I won't say that any of you have ever done that. I know <laughs> that you don't do that. I'm the only one that does that. I understand that. Uh even follow my blueprint again, I can see. <laughs> I, I also think it's kind of interesting. He talks about here that if any of you are happy, it, it really is, is uh, uh, if any of you are blessed, happiness is a blessing from God and it must be received with gratitude. You know, that's part of what we said. It isn't interesting that, that what we're talking about here is the tongue again. We talked about all the trouble the tongue gets into and here we're talking about how to use it correctly. The lowest use of the tongue is, oh, I don't know, complaining and swearing, according to James 5 and, and uh, 9 and, and, and verse 12, swearing. And the highest use of the tongue, well, I don't know, maybe proclaiming Praise God's you. word, maybe yeah. praying and praising God, verse 13. Maybe we need to do a better job of figuring out how to use the tongue to praise God and to, and to pray, for, uh, pray with him and proclaim his word versus to do all of the complaining that I have a tendency to do. Oh yeah, I don't mind going through suffering as long as the Lord doesn't mind me complaining. But are you only complaining against God or are you complaining against well, yeah. people? Um, both probably. Yeah. You know, I, I talked about the fact the Psalms, the imprecatory Psalms, the, the Psalms that deal with issues that we're, we're struggling with, it, there's, there's almost half of the Psalms are, are bent on lament or imprecatory where we're, we're asking God to deal with the issues of other people. And I, I think to myself, yeah, God, God accepts it, but I'm not sure God's always happy about us doing it because we don't, we, we don't praise God for what we're going through. 
Oh, I don't know. I'm, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. Can, can God uh, transform troubles into triumphs? Sure. He Absolutely. did a job. Oh, all the time. All the time. Why is it we doubt him? Because <clears throat> it's not usually in our time, is it? In our... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's not in our time. You know, I yeah. got this time frame, and I don't mind. I don't mind suffering as long as it's just for a minute or two. Well, yeah, or when I, I, I see the result. Yeah, I want to see the results this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to see the results quickly. I told you that when I first taught through this book, I, I thought I chose a, a great book and it would be easy to get through, and it took me forever to get through it. Just like it's taking me forever to get through it this time. Uh, I, I, here's my, here's my one prayer, Lord, please don't let me go through this again. I got to experience so much of what we went through. We studied and I learned what it is to go through suffering. I learned what it is to try to figure out how to not complain when you're in the midst of the, of the trial. I, I, I got to practice trying to figure out how to stay under the problem. You know, James chapter one verse twelve, where you know, I and, and persevere here in, in chapter five. That, the, I didn't like it at all. And, and we, but I will tell you this: could, I came. Go ahead, Evan. Sorry, I was going to say we could give thanks, but it's not a larger book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will well, tell you, I, this, uh, I have related back to this book so many times in my life as a result of what I went through. Tom, you were going to say something. Well, I just like to. Thank Val and, and everyone for being in James this last year because it was a great study for me to go through, uh, and it had a it was tremendous having you guys with with me on my on my journey. You had you had an interesting journey, my friend. You had an interesting journey, and you know I I I can see the growth. I can see the growth. Um, isn't the isn't the key like what we're talking about? Isn't the key not to? I, mean, I don't think the tribulations and trials we get has come from God. I think God is pure. He's good. I think He does. Oh, you did that again, you know. But I think the key is the thanks we give is that we're going to be all right no matter what happens, and that's where I kind of trim my thoughts and my prayers to. Thank you. And I, I trust you. I put my faith in you. This is short well, term. This is going to turn out okay. That's an awesome way to, to, to look at it. It's an incredible way. And the God will bless you as a result of that. Because so often oh, I am blessed. No we're, we're looking for we're looking for the other thing. We're looking for, you know, get out of jail quick. You know, it's Jesus in the in the in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hey, Lord, could you could we pass on this cup? Is there a plan B? And yet at the end of it, he still says this, not my will, but whose? As my will. Your will be done. And and I think to myself, well, I'm kind of glad that Jesus said that, because I'm pretty sure that was the human part of him talking. Although it could have been the, the divine part talking too, is think about this. It wasn't just a few hours later that he actually su- suffered for the very first time, experienced total separation from God the Father. You realize that there was, for three hours, it took three hours to pay for our penalty, all the sins of the world. The only way that could have happened was someone who was divine who could do that. 
but to suffer from the, the fact that for the very first time ever, he suffered separation from God the Father. God the Father turns his back on. I think the one thing that that, that I found is that, you know, the is in a, a better appreciation for the fact that, you know, things may not work out in this life, but they will work out in the end. Uh-huh. And it's it's God's will, and whatever it is, you just have to try to you know be willing to accept it and move on. Amen. That makes us that. strong. Yes, Amen. But that makes us stronger too, knowing we put it in His hands. Yep. We we need that help. Mm-hmm. Be grateful for that help. We can't do it alone. We need Him. Right. Well, it's a, yeah. it's not a passive faith. It's a proactive faith. Yep. In order to um, go through what we go through, you know, the way we call it, you know, he, he say, let them pray, let them call, you know, it's not, okay, I accept my fate, whatever it's going to be. Uh, remember, in Job case, it was a challenge from the evil one to God. Yep. And God says, I know how to take care of it. And it's a job. You know, Job, as we let him know us, the way you know Job, and then he gave us the strength because he, there's a nice word in here that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Mm-hmm. He used to Compassion on Tom, on Dennis, on me, on you. Think about it. You know what? What I think about what I think about is 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 our friend Jim. I mean, he's in a better place today, but I mean, right. at the time it wasn't what we were praying for. But yeah. uh, I went through different months for Jim. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I was struggling. You know, and I've seen many people going with, uh, with the Lord and they didn't face me, you know. Those, I, uh, so those thoughts have really helped me with my father, you know. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I, I want to close out our time because we're going to come to the end of here. We need to turn off the recording and, and get uh, and get those of you who need to get to work to work. But I want to just say as, as we close this. Uh, all of us go through troubles at different times. Uh, God balances our lives by giving us hours of suffering and days of singing. Um, I'm reminded of the fact that mature Christians know how to sing while in the midst of suffering. Uh, Job says in Job 35 verse 10, he says that God gives him songs in the night. Uh, I think of Acts 16 where, where Paul and Silas, after having been whipped and beaten, are thrown into jail. And in the middle of the night, I can just imagine Paul nudging Silas and says, hey, I got a great idea. Look at Silas kind of groaning, go, what, what now, Paul? You know, and Paul says, let's sing. And, and they, they're, they're praising they're praying and praising God in the midst of their suffering. My prayer for each of us 
is that we learn to be able to sing in the midst of our suffering. And with that, we close the recording. <laughs>